Yeah, laundry baths used to have quite the um, quite the place in our collective culture, didn't they? That's the detergents, of course, from way back. Let's take off uh, a spin if you if you give it uh, if you allow me that pun on the leader of the pack, of course. I've spent time in laundromats. I suspect we all have. You know, back in the day, even when I had my first apartments, they didn't always have a washer dryer. So suddenly you'd find yourself in the laundromat. They all had a distinctly. I mean, back in my day, they were all sort of distinctly kind of gloomy in some ways. They all had sort of the same lighting, but there was something kind of charming about them. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie My Beautiful Laundrette. That's a British movie that was made back in the 80s uh, that was uh, with Daniel Day-Lewis that was excellent, set in a laundromat in England. Um, You know, you'd save your coins, try to figure out exactly when you needed to go. Do you go out while your stuff is washing? Do you leave your stuff behind? There was always a few machines and a few dryers that you just knew worked best for some reason. You got more, you know, your coins lasted longer. Who knows? It was, But there was a real art to it. And you could occasionally meet people there and chat too, not often. You know, I used to kind of get in and out, but you could. Of course, they're disappearing. You may have noticed there are just fewer and fewer of them around, and there's lots of reasons for it. Uh, You could probably guess, you know, rents are up. Uh, Lots of people have washer dryers now. Utility costs are up, repairing the machines. All that stuff is up. So, you know, I guess, uh, and people are retiring, like a lot of businesses that have been in families for a long time. So they are sort of slowly vanishing from our landscape. Um, but it doesn't really matter where you wash your clothes. They are important in many ways, at least according to my next guest, who will explain why that is. Um, and, you know, they've, they serve a purpose that perhaps we don't, that isn't as utilitarian as I may have described just now. And Nancy Pearson is a Victoria-based writer. She's also author of something called the Great Canadian Laundromat Adventure Blog, which is exactly what it sounds like it is. And Nancy joins me now. Thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Ben. You sure captured the laundromat experience in your comments there. <laughs> well, I have to say, I spent more than a few hours in, a, in laundromats yeah. over the years. Uh, yeah, you know, there was something kind of cathartic about getting your clothes clean, but it was uh, it was never an experience you you looked forward to. But where did your interest <laughs> come from? Um, well, like you, I did rely on laundromats for a number of years when I was renting apartments. Um, but uh, several years ago, one night my clothes dryer died at home and no amount of kicking it would start it again and it turned out it was going to be several weeks before I could get a replacement so I ended up going to the laundromat one evening and um, to dry a big load and I came out of it thinking what's happening with laundromats these days and um, and then sometime after that I was a student at the University of Victoria and I had an assignment that um, kind of sparked that little uh, thought again, and I decided to write up a book proposal about laundromats. And It is, yeah. yeah. A fascinating subject. I mean, they are, like so many things, they were a mainstay in just about every neighborhood. And, mm-hmm. and ever since I saw your piece in the Globe and Mail, you know, I started to again look around and realize there aren't any, in da- at least where I am. I'm in Victoria, where you are. There weren't, yep. there are very few in downtown Victoria. Well, that's um, right about, um, sorry to interrupt, but no, uh, no. about 20 years ago, we had about 17 in Victoria, and we're down to five or six now, and four have closed since the start of the pandemic. Wow. And that's and that's the same, as you mentioned in your piece, yeah. uh, we're down from 1784 at the beginning of the century down to that's right. almost almost just 1,000. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that they only had, I mean, I, I guess you had to think about it, but they don't have that long a history because it hasn't been that long since um, those machines could be installed in something like a laundromat. That's right. What made the difference was there were sort of early versions of places you could 
take your laundry to where, you know, business owners would do the laundry for you. But in the 1950s, an American fellow invented the coin box so that the machine could um, become self-serve. Customers could do it themselves. And then that's when laundromats really start to take off. And then they became, I mean, for a long time, because it was, I mean, I think back to when I was a kid, we, we certainly, not many people that I knew, I mean, growing up in Montreal, not many houses had washers and dryers. Mm-hmm. They just didn't. Right. So you went to the laundromat. They were, they were, there was at least five or six within walking distance from where I grew up. Yeah, that's true. They're really a, they were really a big part of uh, the neighborhood. You mentioned, though, that as they disappear, and the reason for the op-ed or the, the, the piece that you wrote was that uh, we're losing something, that they do provide, uh, although many of us might not use them anymore, they still provide a necessary service for a lot of people out there. That's right. And I ended up driving over 15,000 kilometers to find them in Canada. Wow. <laughs> a little bit crazy. Wow. Oh, it's great. Um, yeah, it was quite the adventure. And... Um, I ended up finding about 120, and what I really started to realize was that they offer so much more than just a place to wash your clothes as quickly as you can and to get out. Um, The ones that have somebody working in them, they provide a lot more um, of a connection. Um, They often do... um, they offer free services to people that can't afford to do laundry. They'll have like free laundry day or they'll provide the free detergent um, or they'll just actually cover the cost for people when they know they can't do it themselves. Um, they also, there's one in Courtney, British Columbia, where um, there are four agents, social service agencies in the community that work with the laundromat to connect customers to services they might need sort of healthcare, um, housing, um, financial support, that sort of thing. So that I think that's something that's really developed over the years in these businesses. Yeah. Tell me a bit about, because you found some other examples of laundromats mm-hmm. uh, serving more than one function. In other words, I guess part of that is, is a survival um, technique. Uh, our executive producer was saying when she was in Jasper, I think she noticed that the big cafe in town yeah. was the laundromat. Was the laundromat was right? I so mean, great! Yeah. I met the owners there. Yeah, yeah. And um, the fellow and his wife who owned that, his dad started that laundromat in the 1960s. Oh wow! Still in the family, and they really um, welcome the arts community into their laundromat. Musicians, artists. They. Um, it's a really friendly, fun place to be. Um, But I also went to one in um, Amherst, Nova Scotia, where it's not the sort of laundromat where I would go in and do my own laundry, but I could take it there. And they use it as a training facility for people who are mentally challenged. And it's like a job for them. And they go in and they also get um, other sorts of supports while they're there working, ironing the clothes and washing them. And um, it's a really positive place for them. Um, there's one in Ottawa that's a community laundry cooperative, and um, it's part of a larger service center in the city. And people pay a nominal membership fee of about $2 a year, and they can use that laundromat. And most of the members or customers are new immigrants. And it's a way for them to become connected with people in the community, other immigrants, um, 
to gain local job skills because some of them will volunteer there. Uh, There's a social worker who manages the laundromat and she connects the members with ESL training and um, immigrant settlement services. That's another good example. Yeah, I guess if you think about it, yeah, washing your clothes is something that we all do, right? Much like eating, it's something that that can be communal, um, and why not take advantage of it? Um, I I noticed one of the things I've noticed of late, and you point this out too, that uh, when you go into laundromats now, a lot more of the machines seem to be broken. I guess there aren't a lot of repair people Mm. out there these days. Yeah, there's certainly um, several owners talked about how hard it is to get them repaired and how to get parts. And the owner of the laundromat in Whitless Bay, Newfoundland, showed me an invoice for repair he had to make once. And the person had to come from St. John's, a two-hour drive away, and then drive back. So he's the laundromat owner's paying for that driving time as well as the cost of the repair. And it was over $1,000 to repair the machine. And uh, it's just not viable. So when a machine breaks, he leaves it now. Or he was oh, then. Yeah. yeah. Whitless so, Bay, one of the, be- one yeah. of the best town names <laughs> in the country. Yeah. You really did. You really did a lot of mileage. That's that's remarkable. I did. What was you mentioned a lot of them, but your overall impression of, because I guess when I thought of, you know, sometimes you I'll poke my head into a laundromat and they seem kind of, you know, there's like they always were, but um, you must have seen some vibrancy in them as well still? Yes, very much so. Everyone is different. And like when I was driving across northern Ontario, which is a very long, lonely highway in Canada, I came across this fantastic laundromat in Marathon, Ontario. Small town, a mill town, I believe. And it was a newly renovated laundromat, bright yellow inside and super clean and new machines. Nobody was in there, but some machines were going. So obviously somebody had popped in to do laundry and popped out to maybe go to the bank or something. Um, But it was a really refreshing little place to be. Um, Other ones host like um, art exhibits, um, they allow music videos to be shot in them, um, or movies. Uh, it's just, there's artwork on the walls. They're really, really fun places to be, and the people are really nice to chat with. Or you can yeah, sit and li- just observe. <laughs> yeah, just watch the clothes spin, as I used to do, and read a book. Um, yeah. I guess in that sense, then, even though we're seeing them disappear, you get the impression that they're not going away. I really hope they're not. I um, was in Toronto in October, and the owner of the Beach Solar Laundromat um, took me on his drive around as he dropped off clean laundry and picked up laundry to take back to the shop. Um, So he does the wash-dry-fold service and pick-up and delivery. And he had stories about every customer, like the elderly couple the woman had just had hip surgery and her husband had Alzheimer's, so she can't get to the laundromat and there's no machines in her building. Or there may be, but she can't get down the stairs. So it's a really necessary service in so many ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's uh, it, what, what, uh, what I mean, it really is. I'm so happy you went on that long drive because, again, it's just <laughs> something I've been thinking about. I, I We were in um, Key West not long ago and there was a laundromat up the corner, up the street from us. And I thought, wow, it's been a long time since I've seen a laundromat. <laughs> so that was, yeah, uh, and in the U.S., they're huge. Some of them have 300 machines. Yeah, remarkable. Well, yeah. I, and so what What will you do with, with all this information you're, that you've gathered on your long journey? <laughs> yeah, 
Well, I am actually working on what I hope will become a book about it that will include photographs because a lot of the, well, several of the laundromats I went to have actually closed permanently already, and um, which is a great loss. But I've captured them in my photographs. And I do have an agent in Toronto who is working with me to find a publisher. Well, that's, so I look, I'm really I look hoping to, to preserve this for posterity. In the meantime, you can read the Great Canadian Laundromat Adventure blog, of course. You can find That's some right. information there. Uh, Nancy Pearson, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us tonight. That's uh, what a fascinating topic. Oh, thank you, Ben.